have your Bibles again, turn with me to Psalms 92, verse 13. Last week, we began a series called Planted. And, and I started off really just sharing with you that, that we all come from a perspective or a paradigm about our life. We have a tendency to think that we see the world as it is, but we actually see the world as we are. We, we've got a filter that we see things through based upon the way that we're raised, based upon the way that we have chosen to believe, which by the way, everything you believe, you've chosen to believe it. And, and we all have a theology of God. You may not really be able to define it or totally understand it, but you have a, a perspective or a paradigm about God. And, and sometimes that's awesome because, man, it's completely in alignment with the Word of God and, it, and it's just working in our lives. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes we've got some areas where we, we don't understand some things. And, and just so you know, all of us have some areas where we don't understand some things. I don't care if you are a brand new Christian or been a Christian all your life. We've all got some areas that we're kind of working through. And so I began this series really helping you understand the perspective that I'm coming from, that, that I have been in church all my life. And, and I shared last week that we always went to church, never missed church. In fact, when my church began a program to encourage people to be faithful to the house of God, they began giving away yearly pins. My family went all the way through six years without ever missing a Sunday. We went to church sick because there's no better place to be in the house of God. I mean, when you're sick, then in the house of God and let someone pray for you and get healed. Now, again, if you've got something contagious, stay home, okay? I don't want you to be where I'm at or was at, but, but we always showed up. We went on vacation. We were in church. And so the, the paradigm or the perspective that I have is the importance of us really being planted in the house of God. And so I, I want to tell you that, and it's this way with every message that I preach as your pastor, that, that God's called me to be a shepherd to, to lead you towards things, but you have to actually make a choice to allow me to lead you or you get to decide what it is that you want to believe. And just so you know, I'm great with that. I really am. I used to not be. And, and because I wasn't, I would get really mean sometimes when I preached because I felt a responsibility to change people. But I said this a few weeks ago, I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible to you. And we're responsible to one another to speak into one another's life and encourage each other. But I'm not responsible for the choices that you make. And so I want you to understand that, that, I'm, that I'm preaching this series. And it's actually really not as much as a series as it really is just one message over three weeks. That I want you to understand the importance of being planted in the house of God. To show up faithful to the house of God. To be consistent with the house of God. In fact, one of the greatest things that happens in our lives when we're consistently showing up to the house of God is the constant hearing of God's word that takes place, that we begin to hear God's word. Now, can you stay home and still love Jesus? Yeah, but chances are pretty good you're not going to hear the word of God. And you, when we hear the word of God, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I, I love the fact that the writer said it twice because I think he wanted to go on and on, say that faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing the word of God. That when we begin to hear the word of God, what begins to happen in our lives is that we learn how to live the life of faith and we learn how to fight the good fight of faith. 
We learn how to take out the sword of the spirit like Pastor Mark talked about a few weeks ago. And we begin to come against the attack of the enemy and we begin to understand that we again are never fighting for victory. Jesus has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's already won the battle. We're fighting from a position of victory. The enemy's trying to drag you out of victory today. And just so you know, we all occasionally get drug out of victory. So don't beat yourself up if you got drug out of victory today. Just make a choice. I'm going to refocus, reconnect, and get back to the victorious life that God has called me to. So we learn how to fight the good fight of faith. We learn to understand the word of God. In fact, sometimes, I said last week, we can quote more lines from Dumb and Dumber or some sitcom that we watch like The Office than we can the word of God. And so, you know, I would like to tell you today that because I'm such an incredible student and love to study, that's how I know the Word of God, but I'm not, and I, and I didn't. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a great student, and um, in fact, I was, I was one of those C students. Any, any C student people out there today? A right, few of you are willing to be honest with you today. And, and in fact, when people would, that got A's all the time said, hey, I never made a B, I'd say, me neither, right? <laughs> all right? But it was the constant exposure to the Word of God and hearing the Word of God that helped me understand the Word of God. Again, I never miss, so you're constantly hearing the Word of God. In fact, I shared last week, and I want to kind of review real quickly, because this is a kind of one message, kind of what I shared a little bit last week. Um, There's a, a process in our lives of how we grow in revelation and how we walk in the abundant life that God has for us. When we show up and we hear the Word of God, we become aware of things that God is saying. It's the first step. Once we become aware, as we become more aware, we begin to understand. In fact, you you might want to write these down, these four things. We begin to understand some things. And listen, it's not that we understood the words that were being said when we didn't understand. We just didn't understand how it applied to our life. And because if you grew up in the paradigm or you're in the paradigm that God's a mad God and he's mean God and he's disappointed with you all the time, you think everything that he's doing is just trying to set you up for failure. But the moment you begin to understand that he's loving, that he's kind, that he's patient, that he's for you, suddenly you begin to understand, if God's asking me to do something, I want to do it because it's for my good. And if he's telling me not to do something, again, it's for my own good. So what happens is that you begin to adopt practices, and it's a little bit difficult at first. It's challenging to adopt practices, but the more you adopt it and walk in it, suddenly you begin to internalize it, where it becomes a part of the fabric of who you are. You, you, it's second nature to you anymore. Now, can you get back to the wrong behavior again? Absolutely, but that's why you go back again to awareness. Oh, God, that's what your word says. God, I understand that. Let me adopt the practice again, and let me internalize it once again. It's the most amazing thing in the world when you can learn how to be kind without actually having to try. Some of you are still working on that. All right, I can be kind. How are you doing today? Right? But you internalize it and suddenly things begin to change. Because listen, the Christian life isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. It's an ongoing thing. And you're going to fail from time to time. You're going to miss the mark from time to time. And it's not about not ever failing. It's about when you fail, getting back up and saying, God, I'm back on the journey that you have for me. In fact, look at this. Here's, it's the ability to learn how to live our lives consistent with truth that brings breakthrough in our lives. It's the ability to learn how to live our lives consistent with truth 
that brings breakthrough in our lives. That's why the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 4 in the Message Bible. It says, God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. In other words, Christianity is not just a label that we have. God wants us to live our lives empowered by him. And so last week I shared five things that I've learned in my life, how to live an empowered life. And they are these things right there. You need to live your life presenced, planted, partnered, purposed, and prospered. We say it like this. You need to know God. That's getting planted. Just show up on a consistent basis. Let the roots go down deep. You need to find freedom. That's partnered. You need to get into a small group. In fact, we're about ready to start signing up for small groups. You need to decide right now what group or how many groups am I going to be in this fall because you need to get some people in your life so that freedom comes to your life. You need to be purposed. And that's, we, we say that by discovering your purpose. And when you discover your purpose, you do that through the growth track. You begin to understand the way that you're wired. And let me tell you something that's cool. When you go through it with your spouse or some friends, you begin to discover the way that they're wired. And the fifth and final thing is you become prospered. Listen, God always gives prosperity for a purpose. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the things that he's gifted you with, the things that he's put in your heart and life. He's given it to you for a purpose. And of course, all of that empowerment takes place when we learn how to live daily in the presence of God. Because listen, you can, you can experience the presence of God here, but walk out of here and still be a follower of Jesus Christ and not experience the presence of God all week long. You've got to be intentional in relationships to connect with God, to, to dial into him and allow his spirit to breathe fresh life into us. So I want to look at our theme verse this morning. Psalms 92 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall what? Shall flourish in the courts of of our God. Verse 14 goes on to say that they shall still bear fruit in old age. That as they get older, they're still going to be bearing fruit and they shall be fresh and flourishing. Listen, I have met a lot of Christians in my life, been, been in church all of my life, and I've met some pretty grumpy, dried up Christians. And it's typically because they do not know how good God is. And when you look at them, you just don't want what they have. You know what I'm talking about? So the question I want to ask you today, especially for those of you that have been in the faith for a while, are you still rooty tooty, fresh and fruity? Are you? Because people will say things like this, Related to this issue of being in the house of God. Look, you don't have to be in church and still be a Christian. And I agree. But if you're not planted in the house of God, you cannot live the empowered Christian life. If you're not planted in the house of God, you will have have a short-term fruitful life. In fact, what happens a lot of times is we have these short-term fruitful times and and then we're not really planted and then we get out of the house of God and we dry up wither. We get reconnected, short-term fruitful, we dry up and wither. We'll have short-term fruitful life or you'll become a fruitless or a very small-fruited Christian. That's why the Word of God tells us that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So last week we started learning lessons from and looking at the issue of a bonsai tree. I don't know how well y'all can see that today, this bonsai tree up here. And this bonsai tree that I have here is a Japanese juniper. And a bonsai tree is a Japanese art form 
where they take the seed of a tree and put it in an environment that is confined. they, They put it in a pot so it limits the potential of the tree. Why is it limited? Because the environment is man-made. Listen, let me ask you this. I wonder today how much of our Christianity is confined because we are determining the way that it looks rather than God or his word. So, but this bonsai tree was never designed by God to become this. Even though it's cute, right? And we look at it and go, oh, that's just so cute, right? And it's fun because we can, we can take a little tree like this and we can kind of move it around in the house wherever we want to. And, and we can think to ourselves, well, I don't really like big trees because big trees scare me. And I'm a little bit intimidated, but, but you know what? I can fit this tree into my life to do anything that I want the way that I want to do it. But you are somebody designed by God to become mega fruitful. Let me say that again. You are somebody that is designed by God to become mega fruitful, to bear fruit that will change the world in which God placed you in. So I want to pick up where I left off last week and tell you that I don't want you to become a bonsai Christian. All right? In fact, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, someone was sharing with me this week that last Sunday night we did a night of worship and there was someone who was trying to decide on two different things they were going to do, go to the, the night of worship or, or go to this other event. And they made the decision. They said, I want to go to the night of worship because I don't want to be a bonsai Christian. Pretty good, right? That's the adoption of the practice. So I don't want you to be a bonsai Christian because, again, even though this bonsai is cute, in this shallow container, it will never reach its full potential. So what is a bonsai Christian? I want to unpack it today. I want to look at three different things that define what a bonsai Christian looks like. First thing, bonsai Christians are Christians that determine the shape of their own pot. They determine the shape of their own pot. Now, I ended with this last week, but I want to pick up from this today. And they'll say things like, I go to this church because I like this church. Or I go to this church when I feel like it. But I want to say a couple things about that. First of all, you need to go to a church where you hear from God that you need to be planted in that church. And I said it last week and I'll say it again. If God did not call you to be planted in this church, you need to find a church and get planted in it. You need to hear from God because listen, if you only go to church because you like it or go to church when you feel like it, you are never going to reach your full potential. And just so you know, it happens that, like that in any area of our life. If you only do the things you like and do things when you feel like doing them, you won't do a lot of things in your life. And too often we want Jesus to be the Lord of our life when it's convenient for us to be, for him to be the Lord of our life. Right? We, we hit a wall and, and suddenly the wheels come off in our life. Okay, God, you be in charge. Right? As soon as things go, get going back a little bit good, okay, God, I got this. And God says, okay, I'll let you have it. So we want to make sure that Jesus is the Lord of our life. God wants you to reach your full potential. But a bonsai Christian determines the shape of their own pot. Why? Because self remains the center of their world, not God. I'm kind of preaching today like an out-of-town guest, aren't I? All right. Self remains the center of the world. So some people say, you know what, I like coming to this church because I love the music. Or I love the kids program. Or I love small groups. And listen, a church should have good music. Thank God we do. 
A church should have good kids program. Thank God we do. A church should have good small groups. But you were designed for something deeper and more meaningful than that. Listen, you, you need to get into something that's going to enlarge you. That's why I'm saying you've got to be in the right soil. You've got to get yourself in the right environment. Because if you're not planted, you won't prosper. So because they determine the shape of their pot... That's what a bonsai Christian is. The second thing is about bonsai Christian is they require constant maintenance. I don't know if you know much about a bonsai, but it requires constant maintenance. And so a bonsai Christian will say things like, you need to water me. Or they'll say things like this. This is how I hear it. You need to feed me. And and I hope you understand every week I want to feed you the word of God. But more importantly, I'm trying to teach you how to feed yourself. Because the old adage is true that if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. But they'll say things like, you need to water me. And we'll say, no, look, we just watered you yesterday. Yeah, but you need to water me today. See, the problem is your pot can only take so much water. So it doesn't last more than a few days. Because the pot is small, it dries up really quickly. And because this seed was never designed to live in shallow soil. Here's something I've discovered. You might need to pull your toes back on this one. The shallower the roots are on a Christian, the higher their judgment is on everything else. Let me say that one again. The shallower the roots are on a Christian, they're higher, the higher the judgment is on everything else. Because see, God's design for you was for your roots to be strong. So that you don't need someone else to give you a daily fix-up. Now don't be confused with what I'm talking about of getting into the presence of God. We need daily to be in the presence of God. We need daily fresh touch from heaven. But listen, you don't need someone coming alongside you every day going, now come on, you can do it. 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 Five years later, come on, you can do it. You can do it every day. You don't need someone who's going to give you a daily fix-up. If you do, you'll get to where you begin to dry up and you'll get very judgmental. It's not what you were designed for. You were designed for something with deeper roots. The third characteristic of a bonsai Christian is they fail to reach maturity. They fail. They never fully mature. In fact, they'll hang out with other bonsai. And they're happy because they can all be bonsais together. And a lot of times in church, we get into this comparison thing. And so we find some other non-fruitful Christians, and we want to hang around with them. You're a Christian, so I guess I'm okay. I can hang out with you. They, they like to hang out together. But because they're in a small container, their roots aren't very big, so they fr- produce infrequent and undersized fruit in their lives. And the reason why their fruit isn't very big is because bonsais produce a thing called root binding. See, this Japanese art form creating bonsai trees is putting them in an environment where their roots can't go down. So because they can't go down, they begin to go around, and they go around and around, and they fill the pot. And when they fill the pot, they limit the size of the potential of their future. And and I wonder how many of us today have roots today in our lives that are bound, that, that we are, that is locking us up and it's locking us out of the destiny that God has for us. 
And we're telling God, God, I need a breakthrough. And God is saying, look, you got to get planted. You just need to get planted. You need to be able to get your roots down deep. Because as you get planted in the house of the God, house of God, something begins to change on the inside of you. See, you are not called to live isolated in a pot. You are not called to allow how you feel direct your life. Proverbs 18.1 says this, that a man who isolates himself, finds himself in a protected pot, seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. They're like, who are you? Look, I'm a tree just like you. Who are you to tell me what to do? And unfortunately, what begins to happen in bonsai Christians is they become imbalanced in their walk with God. They get out of balance because what happens to a bonsai tree is often it's put on a shelf or on a table near a window. And it begins as it's stationed there to begin to lean towards the window where the sunlight is shining through. So it begins to kind of develop a a lean in its life. And, And so what you have to do is you have to constantly be rotating the plant so that it keeps in balance. See, it's not like a tree that's planted outside in the soil where it was designed to be. There it grows straight up. And I wonder how many of our lives today are still leaning towards our past where yesterday's issues are still controlling our lives today. We're fearful, we're worried, we're anxious, we're insecure. We have low self-esteem simply because of something that happened in the past that is still determining our lives today. And I wonder how many of our lives are leaning towards a future where we say things like, you know, one day I'm going to do what God is asking me to do. One day I'm going to get through the growth track. One day I'm going to be faithful in my giving. One day I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. One day I'm going to do that. One day I'm going to stand strong instead of understanding that it's obeying and standing strong today that makes all the difference in your life. Because we can think, yeah, tomorrow is on its way and God is in charge of tomorrow. He is a God of tomorrow, but he's also a God of today. And you don't have to wait for tomorrow, which by the way, you do know tomorrow never comes. Because when it is tomorrow, it's now today. This week I listened to a guy talking about this issue of imbalance because today in our agriculture, we want to produce fast fruit. It's about getting food to the market just as fast as we can. So we put all of the same plants and trees together so that they can grow quickly and so that we can harvest quickly because it's all real similar. See, the problem is is that they have to spray pesticides on the plants. But see, God's design is that the plants need to grow with different plants. So instead of pesticides, they used to allow the weeds to grow up around them because the weeds would bring the insects, which would stop the bacteria. So if we're bonsai, we want to go to church with other bonsais because we want them to all look like us. In fact, it's very easy for us to want to go to a church where everyone thinks the same as us. That's not good. We need people in our life that are going to rub the rough edges off of us. Because all of us have some rough edges that have have been or need to be rubbed off of us. So we need to go with people that are going to rub rough edges off. So people will say things like this sometimes. Look, I can't stay in this church because there's too many people that are driving me crazy. They need to. God's probably got his finger on something in your life that he wants to get fixed in your life so that the potential in your life can be fulfilled. 
We need different types of people in our lives to fully develop us. But we want to run with people who think like us, look like us, act like us, and talk like us. Listen, and by the way, I'm not talking about your closest friends. You all, we all need to have people in our lives that we naturally connect with, that we have an affinity with, that there's things that we have similar. But you also need people of different ages in your life. If you're a young person here today, you need some older people hanging out with you, spending some time speaking some wisdom into you. If you're an older person, you need some younger people hanging around you that remind you, hey, we can dream big dreams. You need to hang out with people that have a different economic status than you. So if you're struggling financially, you can find some people say, oh, that's how you save money. Oh, that's how you set up a budget. Listen, and if you're doing well financially, you get the opportunity to connect with some people that you begin to have empathy and and an understanding heart of where some people are at in their life. We We need to value differences. We need to hang out with people of different races to understand things that they've walked through, things that they have dealt with in their life. We need to hang out with people that grew up differently than us because when it happens, when we have a changeless core about who we are in Christ, suddenly we become enlarged as a person. We begin to understand more things. We begin to walk in the full potential that God has for us. Because if you only run with people who look like you, act like you, you'll never fully develop. See, we, you need to live in a culture where people are different than you so you'll ward off the diseases of your life being imbalanced. See, we need to be planted in a church community where the strengths of other people's gifts are going to be able to speak life into our lives. Because since the time of Adam and Eve, the enemy's plans for your life, your family's life, and your future is to get you out of the garden. To get you out of the garden and get you into a pot. To put you in control. By the way, the devil doesn't want you to run, your, run, to run your life. He just wants you to run your life. He wants to get you in a place where, where you are in control or at least think you're in control. Because how many of you know you're really not in control of much in your life? Rather than allowing the God who has a better plan for your life put something around you that's going to cause you to grow into something that is incredibly fruitful and strong. So I look at this bonsai tree, a, a Japanese juniper, this bonsai tree right up here. And, and I showed you a picture of this last week, but I want to show it to you again. Guys, will you throw that picture up on the screen today? Same seed, different environment. Say that again. Same seed, different environment. Let me ask you this. Between here and there, where are you? Between here, this small bonsai Japanese juniper and this full-grown Japanese juniper, where are you? Are you a bonsai? Don't become a bonsai. Don't, don't allow your need to control everything. Don't allow your fear of what might happen because something that happened in the past keep you from being planted and connected and rooted in the house of God. You need to get connected with some people who love you enough to say, don't be a bonsai. Because you weren't created to be a bonsai. And even though other bonsais in your life are going to say, man, you look great, you're fine. I know there's no fruit in your life, but man, you're fine. There's a God in heaven that says, I created you for this. Not only that, but I created the generations and the people that are following you, that you're going to influence. I created them to be like this. How? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish 
in the courts of our God. So what does that mean? That's what we're going to look at next week. But I want to close with this. Between here and the picture that we were showing earlier, where are you? This morning, what is your next step to getting planted, to getting your roots down deep, to allowing yourself to be established? I'm going to close with three things, three areas to get planted in celebration service. Listen, I I don't want to be legalistic, and I talked about that last week. This isn't about you have to show up or God's not going to love you. It's about showing up so that we can know God. And I'm not talking just about coming to know him. I'm talking about continuing to understand him. I've been married 27 years. There's still things I'm learning about my wife all the time. And I know with God, he wants us to know him. The Apostle Paul, probably the greatest Christian that ever lived, at the end of his life is still shouting out, oh, that I might know him. He knew how amazing and good God was and he was just crying out that I might know him. Second thing is small groups. You gotta get connected to some people. You gotta open up your heart a little bit. And listen, just so you know, connect groups aren't a place where we come around and we say, okay, tell us all your problems. Go ahead, one at a time. We're gonna share all of our problems. But what happens is through the relationships that are built, you, you kind of begin to, to get to know somebody. And at some point you need to say, hey, I got some issues in my life. I've got, got some things that I'm working on. And just so you know, because I know the enemy tells you you're the only one with issues, the person you're sitting next to has issues too. The guy that's speaking to you right now has issues too. And we only find freedom by getting in relationship with one another. Third area is go through the growth track. Begin to discover your purpose. I'm telling you, it's just the beginning. It's just the embarkment where you're going to take a personality test and a spiritual gifts test to to understand who the way that you're wired so that you can get in your sweet spot of life because all of us were created to be a 10. And when we do that, suddenly our, our life really does have purpose and we begin to make a difference in the lives of other people. I started today by telling you the story of my family. And my family is far from perfect, as y'all know. Those of you that know my family, know me alone. You know that we're far from perfect, but every person in my family is living faithfully for God. And I'm telling you, there's something amazing about being exposed to the goodness of God. And listen, if you've not done this well in the past, and the enemy's trying to tell you, oh, if only, if only, you just need to tell him to hush up, make a decision today. I'm going to get planted. I'm going to get established. And you may be the first oak of righteousness in your family. You may not be able to stand on your parents' shoulders like I was able to and my wife was able to. But listen, you can begin to be the one that sets that course for that generation. To say, we are not going to be a bonsai Christians. We're going to be rooty tooty, fresh and fruity in every area of our lives. And allow God to do something supernatural.